Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to the Disney Holic Show. Hello and welcome to the Disney Holic Show. That's Mike TV. And that's Jen Diz. Today we are remembering the career and influence of Disney Imagineer Joe Rohde. And joining us for happy hour is the one and only Sarah Sterling. So, Jen, I know that like one of your big things as a Disney holic and Disney fan is. Um, or are Imagineers and sort of the history and and specific Imagineers that you followed. So since I'm not someone who knows all about that, I think this is a great episode for you to explain that, particularly with Joe Rohde, um, who recently just retired. And um, I pretty much know him as the earlobe guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the guy with the long earlobe and all the earrings. Um, and I'm familiar with some of his yes. attractions and work, but not in depth. So um, tell us more about who he is and why why he's... I know he's not a Disney legend specific, formally, but why is he a legend to you? All right. Yeah. So Joe Rohde is definitely one of my top, like absolute favorite Imagineers. Um, he is very recognizable because of his earlobe, like you were saying. Um, you guys have probably seen him on TV at some point. He does a lot of specials as well. So he is very much so a spokesman as well as an Imagineer for Disney. Um, and he love, loves to talk about his craft, which we love to hear about. So it's a great combination there. Um, so just so you guys know, he did just retire on January 4th of 2021. Um, and he has been at Disney or at the Walt Disney Company for 40 years. So he has been here and done a lot of things. Um, And some quick highlights of his career, things that he either worked on or led at the, at all of, all the Disneyland's, I was going to say Disneyland Resort, but just like the Disney parks actually, um, and resorts. He did the 1983 retheming of Fantasyland and Disneyland, which I hadn't realized. So he was probably pretty new onto Disney at that point. So that was one of his first. Wait, so that was when they, what, what changed that time with Fantasyland? Um, so it was mostly like the facade and like the overall theming of Fantasyland. So before it looked more like circusy, and now it looks more like an old European village or oh, something. Oh, like that makes that. sense. Yeah, when I look at old pictures of Disneyland, it's like tents and awnings and things like that. Yeah, it actually kind of looks like Disney World's Fantasyland. Right, I'm, I'm starting to blur them to again as usual. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess not a circus, but more like a Renaissance. Yeah. Like a fair or something. Yeah, a fair in the middle of that little kingdom. (laughs) Yep. Exactly. So he worked on that retheming. He also worked on Captain EO. Uh, He helped lead things with the Alani Resort. Wow. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, which is huge. That one is funny because um, you were saying how much he likes to talk about his craft. Every interview I've seen with him about the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout overlay of... Tower of Terror at Disney California Adventure. Wow, that's a mouthful. Is um, <laughs> is he sold it? Like, I don't know if he wanted to do that or not, but the way he talked about it, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good attraction. Yeah. Yeah, he always, like, 
Even his Instagram posts are a mile long, but they are just full of these really big, like meaningful sentences. Like everything he says, I'm just like, give it to me now. Like I just eat it all up. <laughs> so he's really good at speaking, which is fantastic for the Disney company too. Um, some other things he did was the Adventures Club in Pleasure Island, which we talked about in last week's episode a little bit um, and is also a favorite of ours. He basically led the entire... Or the entire team for Animal Kingdom, which is huge because yeah. that's known as one of the most beautiful Disney parks in the entire world. Um, he also, of course, did Expedition Everest in Animal Kingdom as well as Pandora, which is more of the recent openings in Animal Kingdom. So those are just some of the really big projects he worked on. He did a ton more, of course. 40 years at Disney is a long time. Um, and then some of the things that I really love about Joe Rody specifically that I haven't already mentioned is that he's a big adventurer. He loves traveling. Um, and with that, he did a lot of traveling for Disney Imagineering so that he could pull like like the real, like authentic version of whatever he's trying to show in that. That really working, shows that Animal Kingdom. On. Yeah. It's really cool. He actually has this... Um, what is it called? The road. It's like the roadies less traveled. So it's like a play on the road less traveled. Oh, but it's like the roadie less all traveled. Right, clever. And it's a series by the Disney Parks and it's on YouTube. It's like on the Disney Park YouTube. And there's this one episode where they're looking at all these photos of design and someone points at this photo of windows and they're like, oh, that's it's just like a like a scenery photo of like a couple windows on a building. And it's just like really beautiful. And someone's like, that's in Animal Kingdom. I remember that. And he's like, this? He goes, no, this is actually in Nepal. Wow. So, like, it's just, like, such a great moment to see how well he went to, like, actually go to Nepal, like, take all these great photos and bring it home and make it happen in Animal Kingdom, for instance, in this certain situation. So, the authenticity is great. Um, he really pays attention to indigenous indigenous people of that area and, like, really tries to elaborate on that and embrace that which i think is really important as well so it's not just like an americanized version of what we think it would look like in africa or wherever he's at right so just really cool so lots of respect about joe roadie i feel like animal kingdom from my version of joe roadie that i have in my head animal kingdom like totally reflects his like look and his style and his demeanor and his earlobe yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually have a quick article I want to read. Um, well, not an article, it's a post. And then there's something about his earlobe later. I'll get to that in a second. But um, when Joe Rody announced his retirement, he posted on his Instagram. And it's a great post. I only I only have a section of it to read here because, like I said, he loves to uh, speak a lot. So there's a lot on there. But um, this part I just thought was really impactful. So I wanted to read it to you guys. So he posted and said... I'm sure by now many of you have come across the news that I'm retiring from Walt Disney Imagineering. It has been 40 years since I stepped foot in the door at the age of 25, not knowing anything about theme parks, Disney, or what it meant to work for a big company. Every day of my life since then has been a learning experience. I'm very glad to have had that opportunity and proud of the work that has been done, not just by me, but by all my fellow Imagineers and especially those who worked by my side over the decades. But 40 years is a long time, and this strange, quiet time seems like a great opportunity to slip away without too much disruption. If I wait, I will once again be in the middle of another huge project, 
And by the time that is done, I would truly be old. I'm not that old yet. And there are things that I want to do that cannot be done here. So like, I just thought that was such a great post for him to explain why he's leaving. Yeah. 40 years at the same company. That's a huge milestone. Yeah, seriously. And just like, I love that he's really being open and transparent of why he's leaving. He's like, listen, like there's stuff I want to do while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. Right. And I just think that's great. I just love that. So hopefully he is, or not hopefully, because we know he's mentored plenty of people already and they can just step right into his shoes and carry on. Um, So about his earlobe, (laughs) (laughs) about that earlobe, he actually had a quote that someone posted on Reddit and they asked him like, what's going on with that? Because if you guys have seen his earlobe, it's a very stretched earlobe, like giant gauge. I don't even know what gauge it would be anymore. And he has tons of earrings just in this one earlobe just hanging there and it looks really heavy. But it's definitely part of his character. Like, you could draw a cartoon character of him and his ear would be, like, the main... (laughs) And I feel like I I want to know and hope that he cleans it a lot. (laughs) Like, that's the weird thing that bothers me. Because, like, when I had a lot of piercings in my 20s, um, that's something you have to do. Otherwise, it gets real nasty and it starts to smell. So anytime I see people now with, like... Um, like the stretch things or gauges, I'm always wondering, like, ew, does it smell? That's really gross, I know, but ew. it's what's on my mind. Sorry. Thanks, Mike. Well, anyways, here's what he <laughs> had to say about how the earlobe came about. So he said, oh, you know, I started this a long time ago, right about the time I started the Adventurers Club. And as a matter of fact, I had actually started wearing my Disney five-year pin through his ear. So you know those little pins that you get on, like they put on their badges? Okay. So he started wearing in his earring. He said, I already had a little earring hole, but just like the normal 1980s earring hole that that everyone would have. And then I started wearing my five-year pin and it stretched it out. So then, why don't I wear two gold hoops and I'll look like a pirate? So he started wearing that. That stretched it even bigger. And then somewhere around 1987... I made the decision that I was going to cultivate this National Geographic ear. (laughs) Yes, it looks like (laughs) the ears you see from different places around the world, different cultures. Yeah. He said, whenever I went to some place I hadn't been before, I would find an earring and stick it through my ear. And then I'd end up this ear that's like a National Geographic ear. So, like, he's just, like, collecting on his journeys. Of course he has a whole story for the earlobe. All right. I respect the earlobe now. (laughs) It would not be Joe Rody if he did not have a story for it. So <laughs> um, let's see. So he obviously, like I said before, did a ton of traveling um, to research attractions, lands, parks, everything that he covered, resorts, even like Alani, right? So he actually would travel to make sure he's getting it right. And while he's on these travels, he would often collect items and use them in that attraction. So for instance, and I don't know if this is, 100% factual, but I know at least a lot of it is. But supposedly, every item you see in the queue for Expedition Everest is authentic from Nepal. Like, he collected all of those items, supposedly. So it might not be completely true. I could be fine with it only being some of those items, because that's a lot to bring home. <laughs> I believe it. But I believe, it's yeah. It's just cool that next time you go through... I totally believe that at least the majority, the way it looks. Right, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and now next time you go on Expedition Everest, you can look at those items and know that they're actually from that place. It just makes it feel like 
bigger, right? Yeah, authentic. I just think that's I really, like really cool. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, so one other thing about Animal Kingdom is Pandora. And because that's more recent, I do remember him being involved in that project with like James Cameron. And how are how can you be authentic with fiction? So I found it interesting that him and James Cameron like went down rabbit holes to create languages and species and history for the land of Pandora. So it's like he really gets into it, even if it's something that's not real that you cannot visit. Right. And like those places are absolutely the most immersive parts of Disney parks I've ever been to. Yeah. Right. Can you, would you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, all of them. I think that's why a lot of us like love Animal Kingdom. It's like not even so much the attractions. It's like you walk in there and you're in these different countries. You're in the habitats. You're in, um, on, you're on another planet that has history of war and you could see all of that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, you definitely feel transported in comparison to like, oh, this is like the Disney version. Like I love Epcot, but Epcot, it feels plastic to me in comparison to Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Right? Animal Kingdom it feels, feels like real, like fabric. Pavilions of different countries Ugh, at it. Epcot. So I'm going to wrap up this portion about Joe Rody with a post on Instagram by Bob Weiss, who is the president of Walt Disney Imagineering. And I just thought he posted the nicest thing ever about Joe Rody on his, or actually when he announced it. So not his final day, but like when he announced this. So he says, Joe Rody is a real life adventurer in life, in art, and in work. Whether trekking across the mountains of Mongolia or on an expedition to raise awareness for snow leopard conservation or leading project teams from Animal Kingdom to Alani to Pandora, Joe fully embodies the true spirit of adventure and exploration. He approaches these experiences not as a tourist, but with curiosity, respect, and purpose. Joe has committed 40 years to bringing dynamic, inventive and diverse projects to Disney parks. While he is widely renowned for his unmatched expertise across numerous creative disciplines, he's also an expert in every facet of leading and managing our projects from setting the visions to feasibility, design, and execution. His unyielding commitment to excellence across all aspects of projects and his demand for authenticity to include diverse indigenous cultures in design and production are hallmarks of his projects and what differentiates them from all others. Today, Joe announced his plans to retire from the company, and while I respect and accept his decision, I know he will remain part of the Imagineering family as a mentor to our current and future generation, and certainly the best example to our worldwide audience of what is to be an Imagineer. Wow, that's a really wow. good speech from your like from your boss or your leader. That's nice. Yeah. I want that on my LinkedIn when we right. just <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> oh, that is a lot of amazingness to have coming from your boss. I just think that is so great. And I really think it's put together exactly how I envision him as a fan as well. So that's just so cool. Anyway, so with that said, um, there is a part in there where he mentioned that he's going to stay on as a mentor to the current and future generation. And I think this is a great moment to kind of talk about Imagineering as a whole, and I like to say that quote, it takes a village, right? Because when people think of Imagineering, sometimes they think it's just people like Joe Rody. But Imagineering is a huge business of all the pieces that it takes to get the job done. So it's not just the one guy that's like the mega creativity mind. It's like 
everybody involved in helping him make that happen, right? So anyone from HR to executive assistants to accounting, like everything has to do as part of Imagineering and making that dream come That's true. That's so cool. Because so, it's, it's eye-opening. I was like, oh, we could work there without being someone who knows all that stuff about engineering and design. There's hope. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's very broad in comparison to what a lot of people think. And I think that's really cool. And it really does just make you remember like how much everybody really matters to get really, really cool things done. Also mentioned were the previous generation of Imagineers as well as the future generation of Imagineers. So I thought this would be the best time to bring on our next guest, Sarah Sterling, who worked in Imagineering, and she knows all about these new Imagineers, and I would just love to get to know a little more about them. So, all right, so we have a very special guest today. I am super excited to introduce Disney influencer, amazing content creator, cosplay extraordinaire, and trivia goddess, Sarah Sterling. Welcome, Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do all that? Wow. <laughs> you do all that and so much more. So we are very excited to have you on. Um, I've been following your account for many years and you are just so much fun and keeping the, not only the Disney spirit alive, but like the deep cuts. That's what I love so much about you is like you have all these jokes that I get that not a lot of people do and it just makes me very happy. <laughs> we the real ones, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So thank you for joining us for happy hour. So let's all talk a second about our drinks here. I have a smoothie that I made with like pineapple and mango because I like to pretend it's warm even though it's freezing today. Uh. <laughs> but it ended up coming out like brown. So that's not exciting. But you know, it tastes delicious. So that's all that matters. <laughs> what do you have, Mike? Um, so I'm a bad Disney holic today. I have a cool tiki mug, but I didn't actually make a drink for it. So all I have is <laughs> water on the side. <laughs> water on the side. All right. I also that's have one bit. that's water on the side, but then right. I do I do have dregs of a little bit of juice also. So <laughs> nice. So finishing this one up. <laughs> Those are some serious mocktails, you guys. Serious mocktails. <laughs> So we, of course, found out recently about the news that Joe Rohde is retiring. Um, and actually, he's retiring January 4th, which is very close to the time that this episode is going to air. So I just wanted to hear from you what your thoughts are on that. Me? Um, it is, it's a lot. Uh, I mean, overall, obviously, it's going to be sad news for Disney Parks fans who love Joe's work. You know, fans of Animal Kingdom are probably feeling a lot of feels right now. But he's had a 40-year-long career at Imagineering. He's, you know, iconic. He'll always be iconic. I hope they make him a Disney legend at the next yes. D23 Expo. I feel like it's got to happen, and I hope right. it happens. And he has so much to be proud of. And I think what he wrote about, you know, he's not like he's old, but he's getting older. And so taking the time to kind of still you know, be able to go on adventures and travel with his family, like before he's old, 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 I think is wonderful. Like he deserves a break. And I think, um, you know, I think anytime that Disney wants his help with something, I'm sure he'll do it. And I hope that they still ask his opinion on anything that they ever do to Animal Kingdom, since it was created with such a specific vision of his. And I mean, it's bittersweet, but I, I'm happy for him overall. Yeah. Right. Okay. 
We share a lot of similar feelings. I also feel the same. I'm excited for him again to like do his thing now and like take the time for him, which is just great. Um, I remember the first time that I was like, the first Imagineer I got super, super invested in was Tony Baxter, much like a lot of different people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I remember the day that Tony Baxter announced that he was going to retire slash become like a, whatever he became, I forget like what the a, word Like a said, consultant? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I, like, cried at work. I was, like, Aww. freaked out. I'm like, Disneyland is going to be ruined forever. <laughs> so, like, I've learned now that, like, Disney is still in good hands, and I just need to learn and broaden my horizon on learning about Disney Imagineers. So, yeah. So, anyways, Joe Rohde, obviously a, another really big name in the Disney Imagineering community, and um, sad, but bittersweet I'm as curious well. what he's going to do with all that creativity, because I can tell that he's the type of person who likes to output that and put it into his work. So, He's going to have the most amazing, like, home and backyard. <laughs> yeah. <or> <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll just travel a lot, you know? Like, there's probably so many places he wants to go back to or places that he's never been. I don't know. It should, right. I mean, it should be really cool for him. Right. I know a lot of, like, Imagineers and Disney animators get their start at, like, is it CalArts in SoCal? I could see him also doing some sort of um, professorship. Is that even a word? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I forget, like, a... Yeah, I don't know what the word for it. I don't, I'm blanking on the word for what yeah. that is. Like when you're not really like accredited, but you can still teach. Yeah, um, a mentor. He and I went maybe? to the same college, actually. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Huh. I remember. Um, it was probably after I'd graduated at some point, but before, way before I worked for Disney. Um, and my mom texted me and was like. Joe Rohde, class of whatever, is is on the front of the alumni magazine, and he went to <laughs> Occidental too. And I was like, I was like, do you know? Like, you don't even know that I'm like obsessed with this man. Like, I'm like, I don't think you even know that I know who this is already. And she was like, Oh no, I just thought it was cool because he works for Disney. And I was like, Oh my god! But I had it. I didn't know before that moment that he had went there. She did truly inform oh, me. Cool. So. Um, yeah, he went there way before me, obviously, and he was a, uh, I don't know, remember if it's art history major, something art related, I believe. I think wow. it's art history. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Are there any other Disney people or even Imagineers that came from there, or is it to, uh, what you know? No, I, that, that's why it was so shocking, um, because it's like a pretty small school, and it's like a liberal arts college that doesn't really have like, you know, any sort of like hospitality management or theme design program wow. uh like i feel like so many i feel like a lot of imagineers i know went to scad in um georgia uh, the savannah college of art and design i think scad stands for oh, that's okay. like a very common one for imagineers but yeah i don't know anybody else who went to oxy other than obama for one year before he transferred <laughs> hey, those that's are the both other two good badges of honor yeah <laughs> yeah he's the other alum that say. we're pretty proud of <laughs> speaking of badge of honor your mom now gets to wear a badge of honor that she taught you something about disney you didn't already know no if she even remembers <laughs> if she remembers our conversation yeah. Right. Um, so speaking of, another reason I was excited to bring you on this show is that I really feel like you know your stuff, and especially when it comes to Imagineers. So I thought 
you could like enlighten us by teaching us a little bit about some Imagineers that are going to be like the next generation, quote unquote. Oh my God, the next generation. I mean, that's a whole other conversation because I've seen a little bit of it on Twitter where people are like, is the era of famous Imagineers over now? Like who, like, you know, like who, who's going to be like the next, um, Joe Rohde if there is going to be one right. and I don't really know if you never know if anyone's going to like kind of hit that level of um recognition I've seen a lot of people talk about Scott Trowbridge who's mm-hmm. someone that I've worked very closely with on my project he was Star Wars portfolio executive and now he's in charge of all of Disneyland Resort which is awesome for him oh, wow. um and he's great. It's just like Rise of Resistance was his baby. Like Galactic Star Cruiser is very much in his hands still. Um, and he's awesome. Um, so I, I, I've i seen people throw his name out as someone who could kind of just like continue to be incredible with the work that he does. And he's such a nice guy that I'm like, yes, like <laughs> would love to see that happen. <laughs> um, and um I mean, yeah, I haven't, I I forget who else people were talking about when I saw like those conversations happening, but I have a lot, I do have a lot of personal opinions on people that I think are amazing, but also it's very unfortunately like there, there are people that I know of from my time at WDI, uh, who I think are amazing, but I like a lot of the people were ones that I like worked with because when you're on a project specific kind of basis, you're very much just like with your project team every day. There are departments and positions that work with like all projects, but I was on one project. And so, so many of the people that I interfaced with and really got to know were just on that project. So my, my opinions and thoughts might be a little centered, (laughs) centered towards the Star Wars world. Um, But a lot of the people that I got to work with are not like new to Imagineering and have worked on a lot of other things. Um, It also makes this conversation a little weird for me because I'm like, are you going to be mad that I like hyped you up? (laughs) I don't know if anyone would be mad. I mean, I'm not saying anything mean, but it's, it is funny. Like I have some coworkers, like, I think, you know, this is kind of what led to this podcast was my like Instagramming about other Imagineers that people should know about. And one of my friends was like, whoa, like (laughs) I came to my phone and I had all these followers and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, this is so not my world. Um, but anyway, I'm just rambling now. I'm I'm happy to talk about uh, people who I admire and, um, you know, who yeah, people should know about. Yeah, and it could be about. less about, like, who's going to be the next famous one, maybe right. more about what are some of these special things that these people you admire bring to the table. Sure. So I love my former boss. Her name is Anne Morrow Johnson. Um, she's an incredible woman leading a Star Wars project, which I think is uh, very cool. Um she, her name, first of all, her name is Anne Morrow, not Anne. Her name, her first name is Anne Morrow. Cause so many people are like, Oh, like, uh, you know, like when I talk about her, they're like, Anne seems so great. And I'm like, her name is Anne Morrow. Wow, <laughs> like I'm so totally used to correcting people. So I will just, Morrow right now. I know. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I've heard that before. She's, she's so great. And she, um, is the, the, the galactic star cruiser project is so, like revolutionary in so many ways there's like nothing like it and 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 people don't know what's what to expect really and it's just so exciting and who knows what will happen if it's successful I hope it's successful so it's really cool that it's in her hands and and she's she was just the best boss ever so I really love her and um you know hope that she you know leads up something equally awesome after this project um 
uh, I talked about my friend Alex Lee, who is in live entertainment, which mm-hmm. is still like part of like so many different parts of Imagineering, but it's like he's on the Galactic Star Cruiser project in terms of live, live entertainment. And before that project, he worked on Savi's workshop for Galaxy's Edge in a live entertainment capacity. Um, he has worked on so many different stage shows, parades, like performances for the parks domestically and internationally. Um, and he's great and has been a really wonderful mentor to me. Um, I really admire Margaret Carrison, who uh, was very involved with Galaxy's Edge and then was and then came to Galactic Star Cruiser afterwards. She was very, I'm like, how do I describe Margaret? She's so involved in story and like creating the like cohesive story Ooh. of of Galaxy's Edge and, and now I mean Galactic Star Cruiser. Um I she was on, you know, so many panels at the last T23 talking about Galaxy's Edge and it's just that's what a cool job, you know. To be like, what is this planet? Like, who lives right. here? Like, what yeah. do they do? Like, what is the, what's the Create vibe? Its own history, black <laughs> spires, all the things. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I mentioned Sharita Carter on on Instagram, who's going to be you know a huge, pretty much leading the the Princess and the Frog renovation of Splash Mountain, and she did Runaway Railway before that. Uh, wow. I know, right? Um, <laughs> she's awesome. Um, I don't know. She's one who I don't know personally, and I haven't even met her, I don't think. Um, but it's she's just like, nobody has a bad word to say about her, and she's working on these incredible projects, and I can't wait. I wish I were, you know, actively involved in Princess and the Frog, but I can't, I'm very excited for it to happen. Um, Have you been on a project that is uh, either a remodel or overlay or you know, of an existing attraction or show? No, I've only been on Galactic Star Cruiser. Mm-hmm. I got hired in for that. And and I was, and I would have been probably ideally put on another project after that one was done. But with the layoffs, that's just not like in my future for now. Um, so I, yeah, my only experience is uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, which is crazy because I'm like, not only do I wonder what it would be like to work on like a retheme or something like that, but I'm like, what would it be like to work on just a restaurant or just a ride or like just a <laughs> hotel? Because it's all of those all things. Of those, like it's yeah. very much like live show, restaurant, like hotel, stores, like it's just, it's like, oh my yeah. God. So I, I'm like, wow, must be like more chill maybe. Uh, but maybe not. Like, I just don't know. So I think about stuff like that all the time. I'm like, what would it be like? That's interesting. Um, that's almost like what it was yeah. for the first group of Imagineers who were doing something that's never really been done to that scale before. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, who else do I like? I like everybody. I mean, I, I can't name a single person <laughs> I didn't like. I mean, um, I think I, I think I mentioned Luke Mayrand, who um, I forget what exactly his title is at this point. I think he might be um, a portfolio for some of the Asia parks, but I know he was heavily involved in Shanghai. I actually met him first in Shanghai before I worked for Disney um, when I was out there uh, for the premiere of the last Pirates movie. Uh, I had a friend who knew him and, and met with him and he... Uh, worked on the 
Pirates Ride for Shanghai, which is like my favorite thing that's ever existed. Um, it's <laughs> oh, I like I want to ride it so badly. I know. I like we. I kept being like, I have to go on it again because I don't know when I'm ever going to be back here. And it's like right. <laughs> I dream about it all the time. And he's he's so wonderful. He's uh, he's done a lot of work for Epcot. I think he did Mission Space way back when. Um, and. I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I forget if he worked on, on the Space Mountain renovation at Disneyland or not. But um, definitely Mission Space. Um, and yeah, he's he's a very nice guy. I love when like people who are like high up are, are genuinely nice people, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, how, <laughs> makes you feel good. It's such a refresher. to even sort of stand out from the crowd when, because Imagineering you just mentioned is like, it's a huge own organization. It's more than just someone who's building animatronics. Like, I think most people think that. Um, mm-hmm. So how does it feel like to be a part of a large organization that used to be really small? And then how do people stand out? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an extremely different kind of environment than what you would see in in the early episodes of the Imagineering story or something where it's kind of, it is like, you know, everyone was just doing everything and like people ended up just like in the model shop with no sculpting experience right. previously. I, I listened to Tony Baxter do a talk for USC earlier during like lockdown and stuff. And he talked about how they just like handed him like a project, like what, right <laughs> wow. when he's the start. And it's just like, that does not happen right. <laughs> really anymore. <laughs> um, but it is still small, you know, like it's not like just it, it, there's so many partners that we work with that aren't technically imagineering. So like, yeah, working for Disney is working for like a huge, huge organization. But core like imagineering campus itself, it's not it's not huge. It is very big, but it's not like it It never felt like I was like in a, like a corporation, you know. Um, oh, wow, that's interesting. I mean, it does, it does and it doesn't just because it's like you're, there's so many people that I emailed all the time and I never, I will never meet them. Like who knows where they were, Florida, Asia, I don't know. Like (laughs) it's like, it it is a huge company, but it's like in terms of day to day life on campus, it's like, you'd see the same people like in the commissary at the Starbucks walking around, like you knew like, oh, I always see that person sitting there. Like it's very, it very small feeling in terms of how to stand out. It's like, it is, it's just, it's just not like it was back then. I think that, I think that great ideas are still valued and noted. And, um, you hope that you have a a boss like I did who lets you be in meetings that are like way above your job title and, and like values your opinion and asks for it. And, Um, and I mean, the way that I feel like I made an impression, not necessarily like got ahead, because obviously like I'm in in the position I'm in for no one's fault of of their own or my own, um, is just by being nice and like fun to work with. I feel like I have left with a lot of great friendships that I don't plan on losing. And, um, like I, I, I think that you know, you're on a project team and and everybody becomes very much like a family and that doesn't just go away, whether you're laid off or the project just finishes. (laughs) So, I mean, I think, I think you get ahead just by being kind and creative and, and proactive and fun to be around. And, um, I mean, that's why I feel confident that eventually I'll be back. 
(laughs) because hopefully (laughs) these people will want to work with me again. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, uh, people would probably give you a different answer depending on what they actually do. You know, like someone who literally is in the model shop painting might be like, well, the way that I got my work noticed was by doing like this specific thing. But (laughs) I think for someone like me who doesn't really have a lot of like formal artistic training and that's not what I ever would have wanted to advance to, that's not like what I plan on doing as (laughs) an Imagineer. Um, It's more it's more about like the connections and your attitude and your, you know, excitement to be you know, there every day. Yeah. Especially if you work for something where the, the end goal of what you're working on is so special and magical. It's, it's hard to not remember that, you know, not take yourself too seriously in a job like that in order to build those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I can only imagine too, like being someone in Imagineering, I would love to have someone like Sarah on my team because she knows her stuff. And like, like you don't have to like, you know how like she already knows how things like what people want. So like, well, I mean, th- thank you very much. I mean, there, there are so many teams that like do specifically that, you know, like the surveys that you take at Disney world when you're leaving, like that's a whole team right. that like handles that kind of stuff. So like there is consumer research and, and blah, blah, blah. But an operational, um, perspective is definitely valued. There's a lot of people who at one point worked in the parks, which I think is really cool. Um, not like they worked their way up from the parks. Some definitely did, but some didn't. Some were there and then finished school and then came back. A lot of people started through internships and stuff, but there's not as many like fans as you would think. Yeah. There definitely are a hefty amount, but it's like, um, you know, there's always, I think, a fine balance between um, being a fan that can kind of like contain your own opinions on things <laughs> yeah. versus someone who can't <laughs> yeah. right. like, like, no like I'm not going to go into not. a meeting and be like, I think this is crap. And like <laughs> the Twitter is saying this, like, that's just like, that's not something that should or would ever happen. And so being the type of fan who can like have, you know, I learned a lot about like why, why and how decisions are made. And that's something that I think people don't always like see from the outside looking in. And so right. it's about kind of like humbling your own opinions all the time. Or, right. I mean, like, unless they're asked for it, but I mean, like you learn, you might not think like, why, why did it happen this way? It's so dumb. Like, why didn't they do it this way? And then you realize, oh, there was a very specific reason why that didn't happen right. that way. And you're like, oh, all these things that I thought I knew. I actually right. don't know anything, <laughs> yeah. so, you know. Yeah, you got to tell people when we're making decisions, right, sometimes. Yeah, right. yeah, there's always, like, very, very, very many reasons why <laughs> things are happening the way they're happening. I would find it totally. hard to contain myself. Like, if I were if I were to see, like, concept art and things <laughs> on the wall, do they embrace being a Disney fan at Imaginary? Yeah, I mean, no one was like, ew, you're a fan. Like, <laughs> um, oh, I get that all the time at my job. <laughs> <laughs> a Disney <Same> adult. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that I think that my I, I got very lucky. I mean, I don't I didn't ever have a bad experience. I think my boss really uh, liked all the stuff that I had previously done on the Internet um, and like valued my knowledge of the fan community. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, she's my only experience, so right. I don't. I, I would hope that nobody else would act differently about it, but um, you never know, or I don't know. But I mean, they love our our guests, you know. Like they they're so 
you know, always thinking about, I mean, obviously they're always thinking about the guest experience, but I mean, like they're always thinking about the guest experience. That's good. So, That's so, good so to they're hear. I mean, thinking about the fans. Think they maybe didn't or like they lost touch. I'm so glad. No. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that sometimes work gets so crazy that, you know, you might forget for a second, like what you're actually doing, but it's always like, you always hone back in on that, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the Galactic Star Cruiser is an amazing first job in Imagineering. I cannot even imagine that. <laughs> like, gosh, we are so excited about. In fact, like I even had a dream about them opening up the Galactic Star Cruiser as a bubble thing I know, during COVID. Right? <laughs> I'm like, can I just go live in there for like two months? I'll <laughs> right. pay a lot of money. It would work <laughs> like, perfectly for that, except for the planet excursion. To Batu. Yeah, I can skip oh, that. Like, I'll go to Batu later. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise it's like for that. I know, yeah. right? But Seriously. yeah, it's it's gonna be incredible. I mean, at this point, I'm a little out of touch with like how things are going because I haven't been working since like April. But I mean, what I what I knew and saw, it's like it's gonna be nuts. It's <laughs> two uh, yeah, nights. It's two nights amazing. enough. That's what it is, right? It's a two night experience. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think there'll be so much to do and so many things to like pick and choose from. And then you can spend as much time as you want at at Hollywood Studios when you visit Galaxy's Edge. Um, So that's like a whole, you know, like on a cruise when you have like a port visit or whatever. I haven't been on that many cruises. So I'm like, but it is like that where it's like you have a whole day where you are going and doing something fun. yeah, I'm the person but, who always stays on the ship to press all the buttons and find know, all the right? Me games too. and stuff while people <laughs> are depending, gone. Depending on where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is It is very much like a cruise. And, you know, we're all like, don't call it a hotel because it's really, it's just like, it's not a hotel. And I get, I get personally frustrated and I can't really like go crazy about it. Like on Twitter when, you know, all this, all that new like images of the actual room dropped pretty recently um mm. and everybody was like it's so small like who's gonna want to come back from a day at the parks and go in that room it's like no you're not coming back from a day at the parks you're <laughs> on the ship like yeah you'll go yeah. to hollywood studios but it, it's just it's such a misunderstanding of what the experience is because it's like no you're this isn't like oh i'm park hopping magic kingdom to epcot and then going to disney springs and then coming back to my hotel room to crash it is not that at all like it is a separate if you're if you're expecting to like stay at this at the galactic star cruiser as like a just a hotel to stay in like you better add extra days to your visit because it's like you're (laughs) gonna be on the ship for those two days like two three days two nights like and so it's hard for me when i see like the misunderstanding of the concept for me to like not get all riled up about it (laughs) i'm like the rooms are intentionally small that's what a spaceship would be like um that's all on purpose. Right. You'll get it once you do it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I'm glad that a lot of people are excited about it. And I, I hope that, you know, Star Wars fans think it's legit and non-Star Wars fans still think it's cool. Like, I think, I hope it, it'll appeal to everybody because it's just, it's very, yeah, I am very cool. Unbelievably excited for it. <laughs> so working at Imagineering, I just want to know, what was it like the first day you walked through those doors? Oh my God. I mean, um... <laughs> My first days were like kind of crazy because it's like you do you have to do traditions. I, for me, my third time doing traditions. You guys know about traditions? that's the training. New new hire. It's like it, it's the training that like, but not everybody has to do it. I think Imagineering has to do it because 
were working on parks. It's like I had done it twice already working at Disneyland, like specifically. And I know people who work at like television and like other places that don't have to do tradition. So I think I think Imagineering has to do it because we're so parks related. Um, Interesting. And then there's a whole other day that's just Imagineering, like traditions basically it's like just the history of imagineering like orientation day so it's like my first days were kind of like crazy because it wasn't like real days I had to like do traditions again and then do that other training again and then I mean I don't know I remember going to work for the first time and like sitting in the lobby and just being like oh my god like I used to come here to buy pins and like not yeah. be able to see anything and like now I'm here and like I can see everything. Yes. And um <laughs> my my desk in our office area overlooked a model shop um which was like Oh, how cool. Ugh, I know. Wow. And like my first day they were like, "Okay, so we'd like you could have this desk or this desk." And I was like, "I want that desk with the, the window <laughs> to the model shop." And it was so fun. They ended up frosting the glass, which is sad. Oh no. Um <laughs> Just because for, like, intellectual, for IP protection, like, just to, you know, to prevent anybody from, like, taking pictures of what was going on in the model shop. Right. Um, I totally get it. Um, it. But it was so fun to see what they were working on down there all the time and, like, see things get, like, built out. Because, um, like, I'd start and be like, what is that, like, amorphous blob that they're carving <laughs> down there? And then suddenly it'd be, like, this awesome thing. And I was like, oh, wow. I don't know. It's not. It's crazy. Like this. Like I. I can't say anything that I saw, but it, it was. Darn. It was crazy. I'm sorry. I'm like, what could I say? I'm like, can I say anything? I don't think so. I'm like. We'll all use our imagination. I'm trying to think. I mean, like you know, we had this model of the of the Halcyon, which is the ship that you go on when you go on the Star Cruiser um, that we had made. Uh, and showed at D23 and and having that that was in the model shop for a while which was cool um you just see a lot of stuff like that is all I'll say (laughs) (laughs) do you do you get to see stuff um depending on how long you were there but see stuff that didn't get greenlit or didn't go to production I mean, I don't think they would actually start, like, building something that hadn't been greenlit. There might be, like, concept art that you could see somewhere. Uh-huh. But I don't I don't really remember seeing anything that didn't end up, like, happening. Yeah. yeah. This reminds me, Mike, of when we did that behind-the-scenes tour, or, like, backstage tour in yeah. Disney World. And we got to walk through, and we're like, what is that? Like, you couldn't really <laughs> yeah. tell what it was, but they were working on it. And I was like, I need to know We wanted things. to lift up, like, every fabric that was covering something <laughs> yeah. in the model shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm really trying to think of, like, anything that I, like, could say that I saw. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, what was our most exciting one, Mike, that we figured out? The Ratatouille it one, was right? A, no, it was the saucer from the Beauty and the Beast ride, but it was oh in yeah, it was before Orlando they showed the in Tokyo. They might have been, I don't who knows maybe they built it out there I don't know because half my team was in Orlando you know oh, obviously because well, it's an Orlando project I mean right, <laughs> right. but yeah. yeah half half well probably more people maybe in Florida than in California honestly hard to say yeah it just yeah, seems so exciting see... being oh sorry what what did you say was the name of the program. The new hire, uh, the traditions. Oh, traditions. Traditions. Yeah, we learned a little yeah. bit about that, and then the keys to the. Was it called? The four keys. The now four the five keys. keys. Like the core values. Five keys. Oh, yeah. It's fine. yeah. They the, added. They the added inclusion. Yeah, yeah. They added inclusion. 
which nice. good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget the four keys ever <laughs> after doing like, traditions for three, three times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I get rehired back into Disney, like, do I, please don't make me do traditions. Just be facilitating it. You'll be the trainer. <laughs> I have wanted to like be, I, there was one Imagineer that we worked with. Her name was uh, Wendy Ruth and she was a writer, I believe. And everyone told me, Oh, like Wendy's a traditions facilitator. I hope you get Wendy. That'd be cool for you because then you'll be like working together after that and I was like oh that'd be great I didn't get Wendy as my facility <laughs> I know I know but I was like oh like I always thought it'd be so fun to be a traditions facilitator I would still love to do it someday nice. seems like a lot of fun Mickey always shows up it's just like the best <gasps> oh, wow. I know at the end at the end he always comes and he gives you your ears and it's like oh, oh my gosh, gosh. So <laughs> I can only imagine that that's like basically every Disney fan's dream even if they have zero skill in anything to do with Imagineering it's still like our dream to become an Imagineer so like bravo to you like bow down. (laughs) Mickey comes for everybody Mickey does not just come for Imagineers he he comes to all the traditions that's so so. cool how does he get around there's only one of him it's magic you know magic this is the Disney magic yes yes magic so I wanted to talk a little bit about because we as the Disney holics, like we're here to talk to other fans about just fandom, mm-hmm. um, and you have a huge following on Instagram. You talked about oh, talked you. about it earlier over eighty two thousand followers. Uh, what does it mean to you to stay so connected with the Disney community at large? Uh, I mean, I I talk about this a lot. Like anytime I have a conversation similar to this, I talk about how I as a kid, like, I just didn't have any friends. Like, I had friends who enjoyed going to Disneyland, but I didn't have anybody who was, like, into this stuff. Like, I'm into this stuff. And so being able to be in this community and to have, have, like, contributed to this community is so um, meaningful to me because I just didn't have that as a kid. And so I think it's great that it's grown so much to this point. Um and it's just like I'm. I think about my ten year old self and like how cool it would have been if I had this then, you know? Because right. I'm like I remember just being like on Visions, fantastic like message boards, like reading stuff, going on like Ron and Marie's Disney trivia website, like early two thousands like stuff that was just like like whatever you, you can know. get your hands on. In the, yeah, there was like not a lot going the on. Internet. Yeah, there like was a community because like and so many of these websites have like endured. Like Mice Chat's been around forever, and I used to go on Mice Chat like all the time, and then ended up kind of doing videos for them for a while. So, I'm um, I'm digressing, but um. It, it does just mean so much to me because, you know, I, I talk to people who are like, I don't have friends who like Disney or like, how do I make friends? Uh, and it's just like, there's this community now. And I feel like, you know, Instagram and all these other social media platforms have just helped it grow so much. And it's just really great because right. now we can all be friends. <laughs> Especially right, right now in this weird year of 2020, like there's just something special about having that window on Instagram to all of this. Well, um, I think we're probably about time now to wrap it up, but thank you so, so much for joining us. You are so welcome. Um, And we would love for you to fill us in of where everyone can just find you and if you have anything else you'd like to tell us about. For instance, these lovely earrings. Oh, I noticed your beautiful (laughs) shrink earrings. Oh my gosh, I love my earrings so much. (laughs) Yes, they are beautiful. 
Um, sure. Yeah. So I am, uh, most places, if you search Sarah Sterling, you'll find me, but specifically it's Sarah Sterling on Instagram, Sarah Sterling underscore on Twitter and TikTok. My YouTube that is pretty inactive right now. It's just Sarah Sterling as well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm getting ready to do huge Instagram sales. I mean, when this airs, it'll probably be uh, like way over, but you never know. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I have like an Etsy where I sell some of my pins that are remaining. It's, it's fan flare and yeah, shrink earrings. I, I hope I can keep doing those. They're, they take a long time, but (laughs) check out my Instagram. People what a shrink earring is. Right. So if you were a kid who never did shrinky dinks, that's what they are. It's a it's a specific kind of like recycled plastic that when you put it in like an oven or a toaster oven, it uh, shrinks into like a hard pendant. So it's like you start with like a sheet of plastic that I like draw these images on and then I cut them out and I stick them in the toaster oven and they turn into a, a pendant. Um and it started because I wanted to turn my childhood drawings of Mickey Mouse into earrings for myself. That was the first oh. one I did. And then I was like, ooh, I could like do anything. <laughs> and I started doing Bob Iger earrings. And then I was like, I could do whatever people want. And I got laid <laughs> off. And I was like, whatever you guys want, buy them, make them. Um, they're fun to draw. Uh, but it's, uh, it, they do, like I've said many times, I can only do like three three pairs a day, like, because they just take me so long to draw them. Yeah. <laughs> but, I love those well, old are... school, like, toys where we actually got to do physical things and there would be like a smell of the burning plastic and everything. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's bring it back. Let's bring that. Well, I remember those, those like kitchen beads activities. that you would put iron on. Oh my God. My home. nephews are obsessed with that. They love it <laughs> because my mom still has those from like when we were kids and she gave them to my nephews and they like love me. I forget yeah. what they're called. Yeah. The beads, the little beads. Oh, yeah. and you put them Pearl on beads the or something like that. Aren't they pearly beads or yeah. something? I feel like there might I be different remember brand how names. Smell. They love those. Yeah. God. Yeah. Well, I have to say I love mine. I have a mix up a match mixed match pair, I guess, with Tony Baxter and Bob Gurr. And then I just put another order in for Joe Rody and Bob Iger on one of each. <laughs> so oh good, because I like Bob Iger. Ooh, okay. <laughs> There's Bob yeah, Iger. I got some Igers. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Yeah, I love them. They're so light. And I don't usually I wear dangly earrings, but they don't bother me because they're so light. Yeah, so, like, they're very light. Them. And I can do yeah. keychains as well if you're listening. Um, whatever you want. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Choker necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. So that's me. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. Once again, you are awesome, and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It was a blast. <laughs> Bye, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was so much fun. I'm glad that we were able to get Sarah Sterling on. Um, she answered a lot of the questions we had. Um, and I know a lot of us follow her on Instagram, so it was really nice to get to know her and meet her. Yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, her Instagram is so much fun, you guys. She has all the deep cuts Disney jokes that you didn't even know you knew about. And I love it because it's definitely like off the beaten path in comparison to what you see every day. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. And on that note, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed episode 14 of the Disney Holics Show. Follow us on social media at the Disney Holics. And if you'd like to get in touch, send us a message on Instagram or email us at fanmail at the Bye.
I really want to go to Disneyland. 